You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears tried everything they could to get Russell Wilson, and they deserve some credit for that. But at this point, it's time to move on and accept our Lord and Savior, Andy Dalton, into our hearts. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the show today, we'll catch up on all of the reporting about the Bears' pursuit of Russell Wilson, what they offered, how the deal went down, how the deal fell apart, and what it means for the Chicago Bears moving forward, including the Bears linked to another quarterback trade, a little bit less high profile as Russell Wilson, but still one worth getting excited about. Also some Anthony Miller trade rumors and some rumors of Kyle Fuller on shaky ground in Chicago and some lingering unknowns about just how did the Bears actually get under the salary cap in time for the start of the league year. When the Andy Dalton deal was first reported, Bears fans understandably were still holding out hope that maybe that wouldn't preclude them necessarily from still somehow working a Russell Wilson deal here at some point. But the more details that come out about the trade negotiations, the less and less likely that looks. Let's start with what exactly the Bears were offering and how this went down for the Seattle Seahawks. We heard A couple of different reports early on, I believe Dan Patrick was kind of the first one to put some real legitimate picks and price tag onto it. Three first-round picks plus a third-round pick and two unnamed Chicago Bears starters. Essentially, that was open to be whatever starters the Seattle Seahawks wanted, essentially. Pretty much take your pick of anybody on the roster. That's who they could have gotten. The rumors about Kyle Fuller that we'll touch on a little bit later suggest that perhaps he could have been one of those players in that offer, but we haven't heard anything concrete from that regard. But we did hear from NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport about exactly how these negotiations went down, including even where these negotiations went down, with kind of a lightly reported detail earlier in the week that Ryan Pace attended a pro day in person where the Seattle Seahawks also just happened to be. They wanted to trade for Russell Wilson. They tried. They were aggressive. Here is my understanding of how it broke down. In Fargo, North Dakota, during a pro day a couple days ago, Bears general manager Ryan Pace and Seahawks general manager John Schneider met over a possible trade of Russell Wilson. They talked. Offers were exchanged. Uh, The Bears certainly made a big, big offer. Multiple first-round picks. The Seahawks slept on it. They discussed it yesterday. They decided, specifically, Coach Pete Carroll, 70 years old, does not want to rebuild, decided we are not trading Russell Wilson to the Bears. 
at that point, and only at that point, the Bears decided, okay, we will sign Andy Dalton and move forward. Again, that's NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport with the details on how this Bears negotiation went. And for me, it makes it very clear that a Russell Wilson deal to the Chicago Bears just isn't going to happen. Not now and not later on. You know, ESPN's Adam Schefter kind of left the door open that maybe Russell Wilson could still be dealt perhaps around draft day later in the season. But it's really clear here, right, that Pete Carroll wants to win, of course. I mean, every coach wants to win, but he wants to win now. He wants to be a contending team. He does not want to rebuild or start over with a worse or bad or or even just purely young quarterback at this point unless they feel like they can get a guy that will be able to start right away and perform right away at a high level. And so if you're the Bears and you're offering three first-round picks and a third-round pick and some starters now, what's going to change in that regard between now and the NFL draft day, for example, when the Seahawks may be more inclined at a later time if this relationship with Russell Wilson and the team doesn't get any better along the way? It's like another first-round pick even. Is that going to be enough to sway Pete Carroll to all of a sudden change his mind to be more on board with the rebuilding? It just feels like... At no point will the Bears have what the Seahawks want in terms of quarterback play, that that is just too important of a trade chip here that the Chicago Bears won't be able to acquire to send back to the Seahawks. And so while I don't think it's out of the question that a Russell Wilson trade could still happen, you would think a Russell Wilson trade at this point would have to happen to some other team that could offer some other quarterback option, whether that's the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungavailoa, whether that's a team with a top-five pick that can guarantee a young quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, whether Denver gets into the mix with Drew Locke as an offering. You know, it has to be one of these up-and-coming quality young quarterbacks to try and pry Russell Wilson out of Seattle to convince Pete Carroll that, hey— it's going to be okay, and we're not completely rebuilding. But in the meantime, you have the Seahawks still trying to build around Russell Wilson. They traded a third-round pick to the Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders for their guard, Gabe Jackson, a pretty decent quality starter, very clearly trying to mend that relationship and improve their team, I guess, for whoever their quarterback is going to be next season. But for now, it's all moves to try and patch things up with Russell Wilson, and it sure doesn't feel like there's any chance left of him coming to the Chicago Bears. That doesn't mean the Bears couldn't still trade for a different quarterback, though. The team was linked to another veteran quarterback trade option, one that might help you feel a little bit better about Andy Dalton. We'll dive into the trade rumors, including those involving Anthony Miller, next on Locked On Bears. In the end, the Bears and the Seahawks couldn't get the right parts lined up. But you know who always has the right parts lined up? RockAuto.com. They've been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years, with parts from hundreds of manufacturers, everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, parts that I don't even fully understand what exactly they do, but I know they've got them if I need them. Rock Auto's catalog is just so deep, but it's really easy to navigate too. 
You just enter in your car's make and model and then quickly see all the parts available for your vehicles and sort by the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain stores will have different prices for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers like us. So don't spend up to twice as much somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Our March bracket of Built Bar flavors continues as we put the best of the best flavors side by side. Each one tastes delicious on its own. They're all low sugar, low calorie, high fiber, and of course, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. You can't go wrong with any of them, but we're putting them head to head to figure out which one truly is the best of the best. And today's matchup is truly the powerhouse dynamos right up against each other in the sweetest 16 round. Salted caramel versus cookie dough chunk. Two Hall of Fame flavors. Salted caramel gives you that Milky Way taste in your mouth without the overload of sugar or calories that comes in a candy bar, but there is no flavor that I think I can truly put ahead cookie dough chunk at this point. It is my number one overall seed, and even a staple like salted caramel can't knock cookie dough chunk off of my built bar bracket. So that one's going to advance for me. You got to try the flavors for yourself to really get the full experience. Head on over to builtbar.com and enter our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Once you sort of adjust your expectations down from Russell Wilson, you can start to feel a little bit better about other quarterback opportunities that could still sit there for the Chicago Bears. You can still be extremely disappointed in Andy Dalton and question Andy Dalton as a decision, as a signing, as a solution for this Bears quarterback room, but they may not be done dealing. The Dalton signing opened up the possibility of outright trading Nick Foles, and as our friend Brad Spielberger, the salary cap expert from Pro Football Focus, noted, uh, Nick Foles has a roster bonus or some sort of bonus built into his contract that is set to kick in, I believe, this weekend around March 20th. And so if the Bears are trying to move him, I would imagine they want to move him before that bonus kicks in so they don't have to be the team that pays it because otherwise I think that just sits as dead money on their salary cap. So if they're going to trade Nick Foles or if they're going to try and trade Nick Foles, I would imagine it would happen within the next few days here with that contract deadline maybe press them to try and get a deal. Obviously, they're not going to get the fourth-round pick back that they gave up to send them to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but maybe they could get a different Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback instead. Not necessarily as part of the Nick Foles deal, but as a follow-up to that deal because the rumors are back out again about the Jaguars looking at offers for Gardner Minshew given that they're about to draft presumably Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. They may want more of a veteran in that role, and if Minshew has a little bit more value to other teams than he might to Jacksonville, then it would make a lot of sense for them to move on. And 
pretty quickly. The Bears were floated out as a team of interest. Even Ian Rappaport named the Chicago Bears as a team. That It's not just baseless speculation about, well, who could fit or who would make sense. Like, Bears are a team that Ian Rappaport named for a reason as potentially going after Gardner Minshew in this capacity. And I would absolutely love that. I don't know why you sign Andy Dalton if you're just going to turn around and trade for Gardner Minshew, but I'm not going to complain about it if they get it done because it would be a much more exciting quarterback option. Like with Minshew, I think we know he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Russell Wilson. We've seen two seasons of him in Jacksonville, about 23 games he's appeared in, 20 starts, and he's been pretty good. I mean, he's been exciting. He's been energetic. He's a really just positive and fun personality with the mustache and the long hair and the jorts. I mean, he's just a fun player to have on your team. He's got a little bit of Jim McMahon swagger to him, not a one-to-one comparison there, but that style of quarterback play. And we don't know just how good Garner Minshew can be, right? And I think that's what's exciting. It's like, we know Andy Dalton is what he is at this stage of his career. We know his limitations as a quarterback. We've seen the best of Andy Dalton before, and we kind of know what that is, and we know what the worst of Andy Dalton is, and it's there's not a lot that can surprise us. The, the ceiling there is limited, but with Minshew, with Minshew, we saw, what, a season and a half worth of games in Jacksonville. He is not fully locked in to what he is going to be as an NFL quarterback. There's still some development to happen there. A six-round pick out of Washington State, obviously a lot more pro-ready than most teams thought coming out of that 2019 draft, and has wildly exceeded the draft expectations at this point. He hasn't proven to be a guaranteed surefire franchise quarterback by any means, not in that top five range like we talked about, but there's some hope there and some potential there that maybe playing in Jacksonville especially the last two seasons, has not been the supporting cast and the surroundings of coaching staff and everything else that is most conducive for his success. And you can argue the Bears aren't the best setup at this moment either, but it's more so the idea that Minshew can be more than we've seen up to this point. And I don't know that Dalton is going to be more than we've seen up to this point. The question becomes compensation to acquire Garner Minshew because you do have to keep the expectations there appropriate you know he's a 7 and 13 quarterback he has had bad games he has not been like I said he's not a he's not a build your franchise around quarterbacks you're not giving up a first round pick or anything you know so where where do you where do you draw the line there because you know Nick Foles goes last year for a fourth round pick so is that the starting point for Garner Minshew the Bears don't have a fourth round pick so are you giving up a third for Minshew when you're not sure that he's going to be your starter. I mean, you bring him here to compete. He was the backup in Jacksonville, even behind Nick Foles. You know, that was the plan was for him to be their backup quarterback. But he was thrust into the starting lineup a couple times now in his career. So, like, what are you giving up for that? Because the Bears could give him a fifth, but is that enough? Does Jacksonville take a fifth when the quarterback market is a little bit desperate and the Bears might be a little bit desperate and it's the most important position in football and you have something that's more exciting than than Dalton, than Fitzpatrick, than Tyrod Taylor that already signed for decent money. Like it's a different it's a difficult negotiation. Like a future fourth round pick, that tends to be a little bit lower value than a present day fourth round pick. So then are you combining picks? It's kind of a tricky thing. 
And I think where I end up with it is like maybe a future fourth and a current fifth or sixth to try and make it work. They still get that fourth round pick value at some point, but you add a little something sweeter to it because it's a future draft pick as opposed to this year. The wild card here are the Anthony Miller trade rumors and even, I guess, potentially the Nick Foles trade rumors. If the Jaguars wanted Foles back to be that backup for Trevor Lawrence and be the mentor, that would be a really funky trade to ultimately send him back to the team they got him from. But maybe Anthony Miller and a draft pick is enough to get Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars. Maybe that's the right combination of Miller and a fifth. You never have to give up that future fourth. The Jaguars feel like they get something to help Trevor Lawrence more immediately than the draft picks would, and it kind of gets two birds with one stone for the Bears in that prospect. I mean, it's hard to know what Anthony Miller's value is going to be after this year, and it's hard to know what Gardner Minshew's value is going to be, given his lack of experience, but also given his potential and his age. I, I would definitely be exploring that wholeheartedly if I'm the Chicago Bears. I would feel a lot better about this quarterback room if Gardner Minshew was there with or without Dalton and with or without Foles. Plus, he's super cheap on his rookie six-round deal contract, so it's not going to be any kind of salary cap considerations to try and get that deal done. That's been a lot of the Bears' focus in these coming days to get under the salary cap, and somehow they did by the start of the new league year, but we still don't know exactly how they did it. We'll explore some of the Bears' different salary cap dynamics, including what happened with Kyle Fuller and what his future could still be in or out of Chicago next on Locked On Bears. I'm so glad to actually have the college basketball tournament going again this year, and it's a lot more fun now with a little bit of action on the games with our friends from betonline.ag. They've got spreads, money lines, and point totals for every game. Even if you miss out on today's games, they've got a ton of matchups for Friday, Saturday, and already into next week with some of the NIT tournament games as well. There's a thousand different ways to play and win at betonline.ag. Not just college basketball, but college football action going on, baseball, golf, hockey, soccer, tennis, you name it, they've got it. That's why betonline.ag is the number one place we recommend. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. NFL teams prove again and again each year that the salary cap isn't a real obstacle, but it's just something you got to work around a little bit and kind of fudge some numbers here and there to make everything smooth for the NFL. But that doesn't mean there aren't still bad contracts and still consequences from all the salary cap rearranging, right? I mean, the Bears keep pushing all this money back for a lot of players, and eventually that is going to count against their salary cap and eat up space that they can't use to pay other players. It just, they'll always be able to create more room elsewhere to kind of make up for it, but you're always just kind of pushing it around and creating trouble for you with more, it's more like specific players that end up being hard to get rid of when you really want to get rid of them. It doesn't keep you from doing other things on your team. It just makes it more painful to have that separation and perhaps limiting you from even more than 
what you might have already wanted to do. I think Robert Quinn is a good example where the Bears feel a little bit locked into that contract right now and couldn't just get rid of him after a disappointing season. But that's kind of the litmus test, I think, for Ryan Pace and his desperation. And PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger, who you've heard on this podcast before, has made some really good points about this where the Bears have room to restructure a lot of contracts and have done so with kind of the obvious ones. You know, the Cody Whitehairs, the Eddie Jacksons of the world. But if they restructure Robert Quinn, then all that does is ensure that Robert Quinn stays on your roster even longer. And that's not necessarily something... I would be so inclined to do if I was running the Chicago Bears unless I was super desperate to create salary cap space. And so we haven't heard exactly how the Bears got all the way down in their cap numbers. You know, they released Bobby Massey, they restructured some contracts, but all of the outside calculating we've been able to do still left them a little bit short. So there's something they've done with either restructuring a contract or working on an extension or kind of moving the numbers around and the cash around in a way that we don't expect to be able to make everything happen. It was rumored right before the league year started, Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune reported that the Bears were considering moving on from Kyle Fuller, that they were trying to figure out ways to get under the salary cap. Fuller would save them, I think, like 9 or 10 or $11 million in that sort of range if they had released him or found a trade partner for him. No deal was actually done, but I guess... That doesn't mean a deal couldn't still happen. Kyle Fuller's long-term future on this team, definitely at least a little bit up in the air because there was also some thought of maybe giving him a contract extension to lower that number, and that hasn't happened yet either. And if the Bears start finding another free agent that they want to bring in and pay some money to, and then they have to look and say, all right, where can we create some more salary cap space? You have to think Kyle Fuller could be near that list. You hope Robert Quinn and restructuring that deal and making that deal worse isn't near the top of the list, but the Bears are starting to run out of options and really specifically run out of the palatable options to where now you wonder how desperate they end up getting for salary cap space to release your best starting cornerback and create a hole or probably trade, but trade for undervalue, you know, a, a draft pick that's just not going to be nearly enough for what the Bears will be losing for Kyle Fuller. That's a desperation type salary cap move that like I would be okay with if you're making that move to get Russell Wilson. But if you have to make that move to make Andy Dalton fit, it feels like a pretty dumb decision to cut or trade a high-quality player like that to bring in somebody in free agency that you're not sure whether or not that's going to work. So it's kind of we're kind of teetering on this salary cap line of like, okay, the Bears have made the reasonable and smart moves right now to free up some space temporarily. That's fine. But like if they start going much beyond what they've already done to create a bunch of cap space, they're really going to cause themselves some trouble by locking themselves into players that they don't want to lock themselves into or getting rid of quality players like Kyle Fuller or Akeem Hicks or others that have been mentioned for a desperation-type move in free agency right now to create space and giving up something potentially better than that in order to create that space. So it's, it's tricky. I'm guessing and maybe hoping that what we end up finding out is the Andy Dalton contract, say, could have void years on the end. So it's a one-year $10 million deal, and Dalton's going to get that $10 million, but 
they're going to push part of that $10 million into the future and pay Andy Dalton less on the salary cap, but he still gets the money up front. It's, it's all money maneuvering, but essentially reducing that salary cap by spreading it out over multiple years, even though it's initially reported as a one-year deal. Or same thing with Jermaine Effetti or some of the other contracts the Bears have reported. Maybe some of those first-year salary cap hits will be just a little bit lower and make the whole thing a little bit more palatable on the salary cap to feel like Ryan Pace hasn't completely screwed over the financial future of the team. Whatever concrete details we get, we will certainly provide for you five days a week here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Coming up on the podcast next week, we will be joined by ESPN's Sarah Spain, Chicago's own, a Bears fan from birth, and now the owner, a part owner of the Chicago Red Stars women's soccer team as well. We're going to get her thoughts on everything going on with this Bears team and the greater city of Chicago. She's such an interesting sports media personality, and I'm really looking forward to having her on the podcast. So make sure you tune back in for that one. We'll have all your free agent updates and all the Bears news you need, but Sarah's the big one I've been looking forward to. So I hope you'll keep tuning in. Keep following along with us this offseason. We'll get through the Andy Daltons of the world together and maybe the Gardner Minshews of the world we can have a little bit more fun with. But either way, I hope the podcast helps you bear down.